The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Good morning. Roto experts. To the end zone. It's The mark of fantasy excellence. You have to be careful about who you think is stepping forward on the depth chart. It's time for a touchdown. We're here to help you win your leagues and win that cash. You are now tuned in to the Roto Experts in the morning. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Monday, December 10th. Let's clock a doodle do it. This is Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the award winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am your host, Dane Martinez. They call me Speed, the spitting statistician. And as always, I am overjoyed to be joined by my man, inaugural FSWA Hall of Famer, El Rey de Fantasia, the king, Scott Angle. Scotty, it is the first week of the playoffs for many people. You sweating anything out tonight? No, just going to sit back and enjoy the game. It was a well, crazy, nice. crazy Sunday uh, in the NFL, both in fantasy and real life, of course. Yeah. You had the Miami Miracle, which everybody talks about, the way the Steelers lost to the Raiders. And in fantasy, uh, you had guys like Zenner, Damian Williams, James yeah. James Devlin, Brandon Bolden scoring touchdowns uh, when your top running backs didn't. And if you had Antonio Brown and Todd Gurley going into yesterday, you felt pretty good. And then you may have, you know, maybe on the verge of elimination. And like I said on Thursday, mm-hmm. and I'll say it again, nothing is decided on Thursday. If you were going against Derrick Henry and Amari Mari Cooper yesterday, you didn't lose your game that way. Absolutely, absolutely, Scott. The point I was going to make, everybody was talking about Derrick Henry this, Derrick Henry that. Scott, you know Derrick Henry is not the number one scorer of Week 14. That, in fact, goes to Amari Cooper, who had 10 catches, 217 who yards. Who played in the late and, game on Sunday. Yep, <laughs> and three touchdowns, including the one in overtime, which, by the way, did make it uh, did make the Cowboys cover that four-point spread. Scotty, I, and I was on Philly, plus four and a half, and when that, even when they brought the 
heat. I was like, all right, they're going to score a field goal here. And then there's like a minute and a half left in overtime. I don't care if this is a tie or if Dallas wins by three. I'm good to go. Then the ball gets tipped up into the air. Amari gets his third touchdown of the year. By my count in PPR settings, he had 49.7 points, which was even more than the 47.8 by my count that Derrick Henry had to start the week. An absolutely incredible effort out of Amari Cooper and, quite frankly, out of the Dallas Cowboys. So let's start right there, Scott. Let's start with Dallas and Philadelphia. Here's what I want to ask you something. Here's what I want to ask you. Is Dallas, like, who would want to see Dallas right now in the playoffs? They're going to be, like, the three or the four seed. It looks like they're going to host a playoff game. Uh, We've talked a lot, Scott, about how there is no defense in the NFL anymore or that can be consistent. And I think that is also being tested over the last couple of weeks. These Dallas Cowboys with their fast linebackers, Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith and their big bodied corners, they did it to New Orleans last week. They played well against Carson Wentz and the Eagles yesterday. This Dallas defense is something to really take seriously. Yeah, the two the two defenses that are playing really well. Yep. Now three defenses are the Bears, the Cowboys and the Saints. And There's one other I'd add in there, but we'll get to it later. Okay. The Ravens, you were going to say? Yes, I would say the way the Baltimore can handle, like, they can travel anywhere with the way they're playing right now. Yeah, the uh, the Cowboys haven't allowed more than 23 points in their last five games, which is which is good in today's NFL. You know, they yep. brought Chris Richard over to work with Rod Marinelli, and they're going the old Seattle Legion of Boom kind of style with their very right. big corners and their very fast linebackers. And it's working out really well for you know for that team. And uh, offensively, Amari Cooper's been the missing piece. You know, this is his second huge game in three weeks. And uh, he's he, when he when he went to when he went to Dallas from Oakland, I said he's got a much much better quarterback. Now you talk about the defense, but what about the offense? Last night, the Cowboys have a very decorated history. Last night was the first time that they had a 400-yard passer, a 200-yard receiver, and a 100-yard rusher. In the same game. Everybody's talking about Amari Cooper. Ezekiel Elliott also kept caught a dozen passes out of the backfield. Ezekiel yeah. Elliott has arrived as a pass receiver finally. Yeah, and I mean, don't don't sleep on the 28 carries for 113 yards you're getting out of Zeke either. Um, and Dak, listen, Dak looks like he's back to, you know, I mean, he did have some of the interceptions. There was a great play by, I believe, Rasul Douglas cutting across over the middle at one point. But listen, if Dak can be some some... You know, converting some interesting runs. I know he had a big third down run in last week's game against the Saints. You know, kind of play that game manager type. Remember his rookie year? He only had four interceptions. If now he has Zeke Elliott, he has his weapon on the outside, and the Cowboys are well on their way. They now have a working margin in the NFC East. Here's my question for well, you, Scott. Well, Prescott did what? Did he have three turnovers yesterday? He did turn the ball over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah two picks you know, yesterday. You're yeah. going to have to be careful of that. When you yes. get to the NFL playoffs, those things are going to be killer because you're yeah. not going to be facing the Eagles in the NFL playoffs. No, this is true. And remember, what I've always said, Scott, is that the way – I guess the way to try to counteract this is by getting pressure on the quarterback. And there were times yesterday when, you know, Michael Bennett and Graham and Fletcher Cox got up into Dak's kitchen and, you know, uh, 
he did drop the ball a few times and turn it over and get pressured into throws. That is going to be the way to do it. I've said that there are some teams that are equipped to be able to do that on a playoff game and get it, uh, you know, and kind of be that counterbalance to the high-flying offenses we're seeing here in the NFL. Scotty, what if I told you that the Eagles, like, are not dead? Like, if Seattle wins this game tonight, and Minnesota is what would they make them? That would make them six, six and one. There's a right. bunch of teams right outside of the playoffs at six and seven. You know, I mean, I believe, I believe the Panthers are at six and seven. I believe yes, the Eagles, are. the Eagles are at six and seven. Yes, you know, they are. Um, so I mean, I guess Washington. Although I, I'm not really counting them anymore because of the ridiculousness we saw there. But if the Vikings do lose in the Pacific Northwest, which they are favored to do, lose, I mean, you know, Minnesota in that six spot would really only have a half a game so am i crazy to think that the eagles and the panthers despite them both losing bad games yesterday are still in it in the nfc officially they are but uh carolina's I mean, game with three to play carolina's now lost five in a row yeah uh you know the eagles the eagles took it right down to the wire yesterday i think you know they're playing better than carolina right now Carolina could turn it around and win their last three. I think they're talented enough to do that. You know, one of these teams might get in at nine and seven. Uh, you know, if Seattle wins tonight, uh, they've they've really like really um, improved their playoff position because they'll be eight and five. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, they, then they have they have San Francisco coming up in Arizona after that. So you know, they they the well, they do play Kansas City in Week 16, and that mm-hmm. might be the game for Kansas City to try to wrap up home field advantage officially. Right. Yeah, so we will keep it locked. But listen, <clears throat> you can be under 500 right now in the NFC at 6-7 and seven and literally still have a completely valid hope. We'll see what happens when the dust settles tonight on Week 14 and Monday Night Football. But it is very possible that Philly, Carolina can only be half a game back with three games left to play. Um, so it could be very, very interesting. A sprint to the finish in the NFC. Hey, Scotty, we dove into that Eagles uh, Cowboys game really because of Amari Cooper and how he was the number one scorer even over Derrick Henry's incredible effort on Thursday night. But I want to zoom back for a second and talk about some of the, uh, you know, what I thought, to be honest, Scott, was a relatively light injury week um, in the NFL. Like Tariq Hill was struggling through what looked like a heel or an ankle and kind of playing through it. And it's hysterical. Like he's playing in plays where he's like going in motion back the way, like going around, getting the ball and toasting people and then as soon as he hits the sideline you see him break down into a limp so keep an eye out on that um austin eckler i believe had a stinger and i mentioned those guys first because we have a huge thursday night football matchup to start week 15 with the kansas city chiefs and the chargers will get it on and popping so i saw those Corey clement went down with a knee big ben missed some time but then came back in with what they're calling a rib injury and then the last thing i'll say is here again against dallas for dallas And it wasn't all good news, Scott. Zach Martin, the pro bowler offensive lineman, he left with a knee injury as well. Yeah, LaShawn McCoy uh, left early. Ah, yes. Two carries for one yard, uh, a hamstring injury. And you you really didn't want to be counting on LaShawn McCoy in your playoffs anyway, but uh, he did leave the game. And in that blowout victory for the Giants, we saw Mark Sanchez pull for Josh Johnson, who was already named the starter for next week. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have a lot of feelings about that, but... uh... 
We'll keep it moving there. The Washington football team <clears throat> does not look like they are going many places, although Josh Johnson did look like he, you know, belongs in the NFL. Not to mention there's probably some other quarterbacks that belong in the NFL, but I digress. Scotty, I also wanted to say this idea about the defenses, right? So let's get into some of these defenses. You absolutely mentioned the uh, Dallas defense that is playing well, but I'm going to tell you something, Scott. You know, we started we started doubting this Chicago defense. I would say in the middle of the season, maybe weeks like oh I don't know, roughly weeks like five through nine when they weren't playing as well, and then we were like oh maybe there is no such thing as a great defense like that. That's also Scotty when Khalil Mack was out for this team, you know, or not really a hundred percent. He is back, and look at the effect that he is necessarily having. I don't know if it's him directly or the entire team. This is also adds to the narrative when you take those Cali boys maybe outside of the fun and sun or some of these teams outside of the dome it was 25 26 degrees in Chicago last night and Jared Goff throws four picks and 180 yards his completion percentage is below 50 percent going 20 of 44 and the high flying Rams could not muster a touchdown their fake punts worked you know all their good stuff but they only got six points they fall to the Chicago Bears 15 to 6 it's starting to tighten up a little bit at the top of the NFC yeah, the lowest point total allowed by the Bears yesterday. They scored 19 fantasy points on ESPN yesterday with the four interceptions uh, leading the way. They've had double-figure fantasy performances in five of their last six games, and Todd Gurley was a complete non-factor last night. So was Brandon Cooks. Uh, but you got to think the Rams bounce back. Uh, they're, they're too good. But, you know, th- this is scary. This is what I talk about. With Pittsburgh yesterday, you saw Antonio Brown really not get it done, and Ben Roethlisberger didn't put, put up great numbers. Right. You know, this is always the danger about leading too much on one team when you're not playing daily fantasy yes. football and running those stacks in seasonal because if the Rams put up six points and you're depending on two or three Rams, well, you just got eliminated. Yep. And here's the thing. When you're doing that, it's usually with teams like the Saints, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Patriots, that sort of thing. But then you're you're just like so pot committed with some of those teams that it happens. Hey, this was the kind of game, Scotty, that played that profiled well for Jordan Howard. And what do you know? There was a Jordan Howard sighting. He goes over 100 yards, 19 carries for 101 yards. Um, you know, he caught one ball as well. Is this the way the Bears want to try to win? Like, because I thought with Matt Nagy that they were trying to look more like the Chiefs with all the motions and the jet sweeps and the Tariq Cohen and, you know, kind of being uh, similar to that. But they they ran up and they lined up and ran the ball, you know, 19 carries for Jordan Howard, another nine for Mitch Trubisky, excuse me, for Tariq Cohen. They really decided to try and, you know, punch these Rams in the mouth in the cold. And maybe the fans didn't like it, but I loved it. Uh, 21 points in total. Bears get a victory. I think this was game plan specific, uh, right. you know, to basically, you know, run up the gut, you know, which you're able to do against the Los Angeles Rams and control time of possession and play keep away and, uh, you know, then let, let your defense stay fresh. So I think it was a good game plan overall. I, I, I think, you know, Nagy is a really good coach. I don't think I don't think there's a way they're going to necessarily play everything. You know, it's game plan specific, I think. Yep, absolutely. Let me ask you this, though. Yes, I agree it is games plan specific. And yes, I agree. You have to be able to, in essence, have the persona and the personnel to be able to execute that game plan, which most teams in the NFL can't do. Here's where I'd be a little bit worried if I were the Rams, Scott. If you're the Rams, you are likely, you're going to be the one or two seed 
in the NFC. I think that's fair to say, right? Would you give me that, that the Rams will probably be a bye and be the one or two seed? Yeah, it's, it's, certainly, it's certainly looking okay. that way. So then what also looks that way is you have a very good chance then in your first playoff matchup of facing the teams that are like the three or the four seed. Those teams are Chicago and Dallas. Scotty, those right. are the two teams in the NFC that I think are uniquely qualified and capable of doing that exact kind of scheme against the Rams. You say punch him in the mouth, nobody would want to do that. Then Ezekiel Elliott and the Beast and the offensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. Could it be that the Bears and the Cowboys are both uniquely qualified to give the Saints and the Rams trouble, and we may see that come to pass in the NFC playoffs in about a month? It will because, you know, we've seen the Bears beat the Rams, and we've seen the Cowboys beat the Saints. Yeah. But you know, the, the, those were both another, though in those home fields. Though those were in Dallas that, and in that, Chicago. I was about to say that. Go ahead, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Took, Sorry, took the words out of my mouth. Uh, you know, when you, when you play play the Saints at home and they're on the fast track, it's just different. And I, I think, especially in the playoffs, it's difficult to beat the same team twice. You know, when you're talking right. about that level of competition. Uh, you know, I, if if Dallas, so say Dallas, like you know, wins that first round game and right. then. Uh, and then the Bears win their first round game. You're probably talking right. about the Bears going to play the Rams again, and the Cowboys playing the Saints again. You know, they watch yeah. they they watch film and say, okay, this you know the, we're not going to do this this time. You know, we're going to do this this time. We're going to approach it differently. It's, you know, it's all about game planning and coaching. Too. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adjustments definitely happen. That's I'm why not disagree with what you say. I'm not, not disagree with what you say. I think the Cowboys are perfectly modeled. You know, to give the Saints a lot of trouble with the way that yep. they control you control the clock and with their pass and clearly the Bears as well and their secondary and you know the Bear the Bear the Bears as well. Look, like like you said, you know, it's more about defense. But I'd be worried about the quarterbacks in those games. Mitch Trubisky has no playoff experience, mm-hmm. and uh, Dak Prescott is own one and more turnover prone than he was in his rookie year. So I'd be concerned about those things for those teams. Yeah, no, I just remember how, like, last week, I know Blewett was saying this, like, you know, teams just want to give all these good teams, like, wins the rest of the year. And, like, that's, like, let's let's slow it down right now. You know, the, AF, the, the NFC is very, very tight. The AFC now, outside of Kansas City, is very, very tight. You know, with the Patriots going down, the Texans going down, the Chargers tightening it up. So, I mean, this is going to be very, very interesting the way on the, all the, uh, the rest of the way here. So here's what we're going to do, Scotty. Here's what we're going to do. Remember, on Mondays, we take not one but two hours to go through everything. Blewett stays at home. He's listening to us right now, right? And we're going to recap all the games, okay? So if you listen on Roto Experts in the morning, be sure to get Fantasy Sports today as well. We are going to dive into all the games, take a look back, see what, you know, see what trends we think we could spin forward, like can the Bears and the Cowboys play enough defense to disrupt what many people thought was a fait accompli in an NFC title game. We will be back to discuss that. And then, Scott, actually, when we come back, you know, we talked about the uh, the defense the defense in the NFC. Actually. When we come back, I want to talk about the laterals in the AFC, Scott. There were laterals in Oakland and in Miami that I think are incredibly interesting. And quite frankly, i got to ask you about technicalities on how they're scored in leagues because that could differentiate matchups. It's Roto Experts in the Morning. Dane and Scott, happy Monday, fantasy players. 
the Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only place to go for 24-7 fantasy sports advice. Once you download the FNTSY Sports Radio app, you'll get the most accurate experts and most entertaining programming in the fantasy sports world. Listen to great shows like Fantasy Football Frenzy. There you go right there, Goon Squad. Game time decisions. Good teams win, great teams cover. Fantasy freestyle. You know what it is. And plenty more. Download the FNTSY Sports Radio app on your iPhone and Android devices now and take the best fantasy sports talk wherever life leads you. Welcome back. It's Roto Experts in the morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, the spitting statistician and El Rey de Fantasia. Looking back at everything that happened here in a playoff week 14, telling what you what are trends, telling you what to get ahead of as you move on in your fantasy playoffs. Scotty, I got to also let the people know that the DailyRoto.com NBA lineup optimizer is now available. That means you can use the same tools and projections that DailyRoto.com NFL subscribers are using to win each week for NBA DFS contests. DailyRoto.com has produced seven separate FanDuel and DraftKings million-dollar winners and millions more in cumulative prizes. If you're playing DFS and you're not using the DailyRoto tools, projections, and optimizers, you are doing it wrong. You're at a competitive disadvantage. So go on over to DailyRoto.com, click on the Go Premium tab, enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount, and start winning today. Today. That's DailyRoto.com. Click on the Go Premium tab. Enter the promo code FNTSY for a special discount and start winning today. All right, Scotty, here's what we got to do. We got to help people, you know, continue to win today and win this week and win in the month of December to win their leagues and win that cash. You mentioned that it was crazy in fantasy, but it was crazy in real life as well. Scotty, the New England Patriots were up by five. The Dolphins had about 70 yards. Yards to go, no timeouts, and one play to do it. So Bill Belichick, in his infinite wisdom, decides to put Rob Gronkowski in at deep safety, and the uh, the lateral hook and ladder hail mary play finally worked, huh? Yeah, it did. Uh, the Associated Press has an interesting article about it this morning about how Bill Belichick just really was erroneous about putting yes. that kind of personnel Absolutely. out Absolutely. Because could you really expect Ryan Tannehill to throw it 70, 70 yards, yards down, right. down the field? Yes. If and, it was a normal uh, yeah. Hail Mary, that's the right play. And we see people yeah. do that all the time, to have your wide receiver get up and knock it down. But this was never going to be a pass into the end zone. This was the only way they could do it. And Gronk just, he's not a safety. Devin McCourty's on the sidelines. He's your Pro Bowl safety. Gronk took a bad angle, and Kendrick Drake takes it to the house. Yeah, it was just like bad tackling, period. And once, you know, Drake got started, his gears going, I said, uh-oh. I said, yep. you know, they might have trouble catching this guy. And, you know, they had some, some linemen out there, too, you know, we were back in the secondary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they said some other defensive backs who took poor angles. You know, the game's never over un- until it's over. You know, it's it's uh, you know it's going to become something that lives in infamy in New England, and uh, it's going to be legend. In Miami, and if you had Kenyon Drake, you know, it would be interesting yeah. to see if any fantasy players got boosted into the next round because of that Kenyon Drake, uh, you know, catch and run. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. You know that I, on Fantasy Freestyle, I do a, uh, a contest, Game of Inches, every week to see who had the craziest beats, right? But here's my thing. I want to ask you, technically, honestly, how is this scored, okay? Because I'm looking at the box score from, say, Miami, uh, uh, New England, right? And that last touchdown reads this way to me. Tell me if this is right. Ryan Tannehill passes to Kenny Stills for a 14-yard gain. 
Lateral to Devontae Parker for three yards. Lateral to Kenyon Drake for 52 yards and a touchdown. So correct me if I'm wrong, Scott. Tannehill only does Tannehill only get 14 yards passing on that play? Yeah, because he wasn't really involved in the rest of the play. That's the way I would okay. see it by by default. So, t- so Tannehill gets the 14 passing yards. Kenny Stills, correct me if I'm wrong, gets a catch and 14 yards, right? right. And then Kenyon Drake gets 52 yards, but no catcher. And I mean, he gets the touchdown, right? Um, yeah. But then, so the craziest one, you just mentioned like, oh, if Kenyon Drake flipped it. I don't think it's going to be the case, Scotty. But Devontae Parker then in all this, because he doesn't get the catch, because that was Kenny Stills. He doesn't get the touchdown, because that was Kenyon Drake. He doesn't get passing yards. All he gets on that play is .3 for three receiving yards. Is that correct? Yeah. All right, so what I want to see, Scotty, is if those three yards changed any passing, any matchup. If you had the stones to start Devontae Parker somehow, and you wind up winning by .3 or less, I want to see your matchup. But, Scotty, the Dolphins now are 7-6. and But six. How, was, how was Drake scored? I saw somewhere where he scored a reception. So, I believe no, so that's why I was asking you. No, I believe Drake does not get a reception the same way Devontae Parker doesn't get a reception. The only person who gets a reception is Kenny Stills. So that was scored as a as a rush. No, you that's what I'm that, saying. Check that over in your league. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm staring at right now. Kenny Stills gets a reception. Devontae Parker does not. I'm looking at the box score, and Devontae Parker in the box score has one catch for 18 yards, and his long was 15. So he had a 15 yard catch, and then another three yards. That's it. Right. Uh... I'm going to check in my league how this how this was scored for Kenyon. It may Drake. be scored. It may be scored differently. I'm. <clears throat> I would love to know how it's scored for everybody. Kenyon Drake, who's on the back end, gets the touchdown. Was it scored as a rush? Uh, I think they just like, get It looks yards. like on ESPN they gave him uh, one reception for 55 yards and a touchdown. They give him a reception. See, over on yeah. other formats, I'm telling you, they are not getting that, okay? So it's very, very interesting. We'll look at that a little bit more, but I do think it's something to get into. But, Scott, you and I were both on this. Well, what, we, if, they, what I, if they change it later in the week and you won by one point? Then there will be some yeah. stat corrections. There will be yeah. some stat corrections. And, listen, I brought it up because, you know, not to the same extent, but late in the Pittsburgh-Oakland game, there was another play like that, Juju going down the left sideline. We'll get into that in a second. But, Scott, you and I both were on this, okay? We said that New England trips up down there in Miami. We said it a lot last week. I believe Ryan Tannehill is now 4-1 and one against Tom Brady and the Patriots down there in Miami. And the first half, when they were going back and forth, I was like, uh-oh, this is going to be within the eight points. Scotty, you were absolutely right. You had that one cold and gave, people out, gave it out to people on Friday. Yeah, I said it was a lock that Miami was Yes, you did. Yeah, you absolutely did. And they got the W. Even if the Hail Mary play didn't happen, you know, they kept it within a touchdown the entire game. What do you think about but did Brandon Bolden have a revenge game, Scott? Yeah, it's uh, you know, interesting how they got him in there and he was running. They real did. Physical. You probably won't yeah. see Brandon Bolden the rest of the year. That's absolutely true. Let me ask you this. Uh, you know, I've been teasing, and you make fun, not make fun of me, but you note that I am a Jets fan with this perspective all the time. Uh, is Rob Gronkowski, like, healthy again? Is he back? Is it okay? Is it all good? You're riding him out with confidence. Eight catches, 107 yards, and the touchdown. Although, yeah, a very he, bad angle he took, though. He could have won the game if he knew how to have angles in tackling. He would have won well, the game for the Patriots if he knew how to tackle. Well, that's not what they pay him for, really. Fair, but, uh, but he was on the field but, there. But he was on the field. Yeah, 
I'm not making excuses for him, but you know, I'm not. You know, when we talk about is he back as a fantasy player, you know, that has nothing right. to do with it. And he had a hundred yard game, and he looked. You know, Brady looked like vintage Brady yesterday, and Gronk looked like vintage Gronk. And you know, that's something right. you want to see for the rest of your fantasy playoffs. Absolutely. And you know the other piece of this that I would say, listen, Gordon looked like exactly what he should be doing in this offense, five catches for 96 yards and kind of, you know, being that deeper threat that can threaten the back end of the defense, which allows Rob Gronkowski to be in the middle of the field. Julian Edelman as well, nine for 86 over the middle and a touchdown. It does look like the Patriots component parts are doing what they're supposed to do. But hey, it just went down. Hail Mary, laterals, all that stuff. Here's what I was going to say. You started this. You think Bill Belichick made a mistake, right? You know, we give Belichick credit all the time, Scott. You know what I mean? But he messed up. He should have had his deep safety back there. He should have had McCordy back there instead of Gronk. We've covered this already. But I have a whole segment here in my rundown, Scott, about teams that just made crazy mistakes yesterday. And guess what? The Patriots are on this twice. I don't know if you – did you see the game, Scott? Or did you see most of this game or the highlights and stuff? Because not only did Belichick mess up by using Gronk at safety at the beginning – at the end of the second half – TB12, the amazing Hall of Fame greatest of all time, made a horrible mistake at the end of the first half. Did you see that one, Scott? He took a sack. The Patriots were in, like, the Miami 20-yard line with no timeouts left. And Tom Brady took a sack, and the clock ran out on the first half. If he just throws it away like he always knows to do, they kick a field goal. This enabled Miami to stay up. I think it was 27-21 at halftime. Brady took a sack. The clock ran out at the end of the first half. They were inside the red zone. He throws that away. Goskowski puts one in, and it turns out they could have used those three points, Scotty. Yeah, it, it turns out they could have. And you know? uh, yeah, I did, I did see that. It was just like it was very not Tom Brady-ish. That's what I'm saying. At the end of the first half, the Patriots messed up. At the end of the second half, the Patriots messed up. And now at uh, 9-4, and four, they are tied with the Houston Texans. They still have the two seed because of a heads-up win against the Texans. But listen, they now have the Chiefs are now two games up on them with only three to play. So they may have sacrificed their ability to host a AFC potential championship game if it does play out that way way. Scotty, the other thing I wanted to say was, listen, we saw it. We saw the same kind of play. Not exactly the same, but we saw it in Oakland as well. The Pittsburgh Steelers were down, you know, 21, uh, excuse me, 24-21, right? And first play, little pass, I think it was to James Washington, who laterals it directly to Juju, and he almost had clear sailing going down the left sideline, okay? He gets tripped up at about, oh, I don't know, like inside field goal range. Eventually, Boswell slips and falls, and he had a horrible day kicking, but uh, it seems like this little hook and ladder play is the new vogue in the NFL, Scotty, and so when you check how that one is scored, the one that happened in Miami, check out to see if Juju gets credit for a catch also, because Juju has an incredible Incredible day, eight catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns, and he almost streaked down the left sideline for more, but he also had that kind of hook and ladder play. Yeah, he he wasn't credited with any rushing yards, so... Uh, you know, or receiving he, yards. Was it receiving yards then? Yeah, so it had to be receiving yards because he's not credited with any rushing yards on the Okay, so I wonder if he was credited for with a catch because that's, that, that's what I'm, I'm checking in on, yes. right? Because the same was yes. like with Drake and with Devontae Parker. I don't think... I was literally watching at least... 
I was watching it live on like Stat Tracker on my uh, on a matchup that I was looking at, and it was like Juju Smith-Schuster plus forty-three yards, but they did not give him a catch. Yeah, well, live scoring is unofficial. You know, they have to yeah, of course, that of course. They they have to decide that afterwards. So obviously, you got credit for a catch. They consider that catching the ball from somebody else, and. Uh, you know, they, it, it, look, he went out of bounds. They thought they could tie the game, but, you know, the footing I thought he was going to go all the way to the house. Yeah, I thought so, too. But, uh, you know, the footing wasn't good for Boswell, and he, he totally slipped. And, you know, the, Ra- the Raiders got a win. The Raiders actually played the Steelers very tough yesterday. Yeah, they actually did. They definitely played them tough. Let me ask you something. Everybody was so excited about Jalen Samuels coming into this matchup, Scott, and he defecates the mattress. 11 carries, 28 yards. I guess you like the fact that he had 7 for 64 in the past game. So I guess, you know, you'll take the, what, 16 fantasy wise, Fantasy-wise, he didn't fully defecate the mattress. As a runner, Sure, you'll did. take the 7 You know, you didn't yeah. see the rushing yards in a very good matchup, but he certainly was a very, very... Uh, productive as a receiver. Stephen yeah. Ridley got the one goal line carry. You know, that's really all Stephen Ridley can do at this point in his career. But if they, you know, the, the Steelers, you know, they're going to have to throw a lot now if, uh, yep. if, you know, without James Conner because it's obvious they don't have much of a running game. If James, Jalen Samuels can't gain yardage against the Raiders, you can't have confidence that he could do it in anybody else. And that's going to hurt them, I think, you know, the next week or two. Conner should be back for the playoffs, though. The NFL playoffs. Right. Your Not fantasy your playoffs, fantasy Dr. Playoffs. A is saying that was saying that he could be out till week seventeen. So, you know, if, yeah. hopefully you've already placed replaced him effectively. And if you did with Jalen Samuels, he got a pretty good day. You did, but let me ask you this. So Jalen Samuels, you're right. His fantasy production is there, and that's mostly because of his seven catches for 64 yards in the passing game. His 11 carries for 28 yards in the run game. How much of this is tied to what I thought was very weird, Scott? I thought it was very weird that Big Ben gets banged up. They say he's going to be okay. He misses like a quarter or a quarter and a half even, and then like when the Steelers go down – when they lose the lead, they're finally like, you know what, Big Ben, get back out there and try to rescue us. Like, what do we think is going on with Big Ben's ribs? And how could it have been that they were like, it seemed like they were in a situation where like, we're only going to use you if we need you. And I'll tell you what, if Josh Dobbs is the quarterback, I'm, I'm, putting, I'm putting 18 men in the box to try to stop Jalen Samuels or whoever the running back is myself. Well, Jalen Samuels didn't get rushing yardage before or after Ben was out, so I don't think that's relevant. And, it uh, does you know, open up the running game, having a real quarterback there with as bigger threat. So how, how, how come he didn't get any yardage before and after, uh, you know, the injury? So I mean, uh, it could have been random, but it definitely – the fact that, you know, changing quarterbacks from Big Ben to Josh Dobbs definitely impacts the way the defense feels that they have to defend the passing game, Scott. Yeah, but they only had to do that for a quarter. You know, Jalen Samuels did nothing in the first half, and Roethlisberger played the entire first half when they had had to establish the running game at some point. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's relevant. And as far as, like, why, uh, why Roethlisberger left and came back in, I mean, we can only speculate. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I do not know <laughs> myself, but yeah. let me tell you something. He was my fantasy quarterback, Scott. You know we're in the Greenwich Street Tavern League together. He is my starting quarterback, as you know. He's the one that put up 50 against you one week. But And if you look at my matchup, I could certainly use it if Big Ben decided to play all four quarters. Right now, I'm literally less than a point behind, and we have, you know, we both have players going on Monday yeah, night. Yeah, you could have I could have used the full game. fantasy of, points. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you just give me literally, if you literally give me like what Josh Dobbs got, you know, it would be enough to change. I don't think uh, Josh Dobbs got anything at all. 
He got, uh, let's see, what did he get? He got like .4 points passing. He did carry the ball twice for 15 yards. Josh Dobbs' 15 rushing yards would be enough to flip my matchup. Yeah, but he probably would get 15 rushing yards from, from Roethlisberger. This is true, but maybe Roethlisberger wouldn't it's throw the pick that Josh Dobbs. Maybe he wouldn't yeah. throw the pick that Josh Dobbs threw exactly. either. I digress. Hey, let me ask you this, Scotty. Um, you know, Jalen Samuels, maybe whether you have him in your tight end spot or not, we'll see. But uh, Jared Cook. Scotty, seven catches, 116 yards. Do we have to acknowledge that, like, like next year, do we have to acknowledge that he's, like, in that tight end 7 to 10 group when we're drafting? Oh, yeah. He's in the tight end 6 to 7 group, the way it stands now. Really? Let's see. Uh, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I would take the big uh, Gronk as a fight. Would, you take, Jared Cook? would you, you take Jared Cook or Rob Gronkowski next year? Oh, Honestly, would I you probably, deal with I'd Rob probably... I'd probably take Gronk and uh, really? for the draft it for like the rest of the year. Uh, I, I pro- I'd probably take uh, Ebron over him too, but it might but stop the thing, there. Like, would you really take Gronk? Because like what? In order to actually land Gronk, Scott, you're gonna have to spend like a third round pick on him. And are you really gonna spend a third round pick well, on someone it, it, who has that two, level those, of Those are two different questions, though. You're asking me who I rank ahead. About, about uh, but if you want me to wait a few rounds later for Cook, I'll do it. But I'll have Gronk ranked ahead. Okay, fair. I guess that's a fair. I, I say the better way of phrasing that question would be like, would you advise Gronk to be any of on your clients or listeners or fans' teams? Because in that scenario, the way for them to get Gronk is to spend that level of draft capital. And I'm telling you right now, with the inconsistency and uncertainty around this man's health, there's no way I can spend a third round pick on Rob Gronkowski. I don't think people will be taking Gronk in the third round next year. But after That's the what, season that he's had, yeah, but, I but think Scott, it might all it be takes more fourth, fifth round. All it takes is one owner to know the name value. We talk about the name value all the time on this show, Scott. Yeah, but you're talking about the exception teams, rather than the rule. You're talking about exception rather than the rule, though. It's, you know, his ADP is going to drop next year. Yeah, but all it takes is one manager to be like, yeah, I'll draft him still in the third round. and then Yeah, that, that, that can happen. Story, right? Somebody will take him in the second round or the first round. But we're talking overall here. You know, in, in most cases, Gronk's not going to go in the third round next year. Him and Cook right, might well, be closer you. than you draft. I'll tell you something. He ain't going to be on any of my teams because if I have the Me chance neither. in the third round to draft Gronk, I'll just turn around and the name out of my mouth will be Travis Kelsey or Zach Hurts in that exact same you spot. Won't get him. Maybe you won't get Kelsey in the third We'll see, we'll see. We're coming back and talk about it some more. It's Road to Experts in the Morning. Come on back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Welcome back. Roto Experts in the Morning right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Dane Martinez and the King. Scott Angle breaking down what we saw in a playoff week 14. Scotty, i got to also let people know, if you like to wager on sports, never have or would like to try, head on over to BetDSI. 
They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on esports, politics, and reality TV. Get an edge with live betting at BetDSI, where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There are so many ways to make money. Use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. Once you've opened up your account, go to DailyRoto.com, click on Contact Us, and send us your BetDSI username. We'll give you one month of Daily Roto access totally free. That's access to all sports, tools, optimizers. So head on over, open your account at BetDSI. That's the promo code FNTSY101. Get your 100% deposit bonus match and one month free of DailyRoto.com. Com. Big things over there, Scott. We're really trying to help people win their leagues and win their cash, and it is getting down to it. I am very intrigued by how these laterals will have been scored in uh, different, you know, different websites and different, you know, different formats are very different. So we will see about that. Scotty, another very interesting game is in the AFC South. There was a big-time matchup in the AFC South. The Indianapolis Colts get a 24-21 to win over the Houston Texans, snapping the Texans' nine-game win streak. You know, everybody just wanted to gift the Texans some wins, but the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts get up off the mat after getting shut out by division opponent Jacksonville last week. They bounce back. Andrew Luck, 399 passing yards, two touchdowns, one intercepting. They didn't do much on the run game, but T.Y. Hilton has really, uh, I guess, what's the right word for T.Y.? I'm going to say re-emerged as one of the top wide receivers in the league. People forgot about this combination, Scott. I remember saying it in the in the offseason when we were talking with Kenny and Philly and things of that nature. I remember not only Andrew Luck, but T.Y. Hilton led the NFL in receiving yards, Scott, in 2016. Another great effort out of him, 9 for 199. He's pretty much emerged, re-emerged since week 10. Uh, you know, we saw yeah. him battle with injuries during the first half of the season, but he now has three 100-yard games in his last five, and the other two are like 77-yard games. And he came through with his best uh, day of the season on a day when he was a game-time decision. And people were asking us, uh, right. is he going to be a decoy? Is he going to be on a pitch count? And I said, unless you see that reported, you you got to start the guy. If T.Y. Hill is active, you have to start him. And the, you know, this is why. Uh, to put up those kind of numbers. I know Dr. Ray was concerned about his health, but maybe T.Y. Hilton was listening to the show because he, he looked healthy. You know, he was he was showing his classic separation gear and really beating defensive backs downfield yesterday. Dr. A inspiring T.Y. Hilton uh, to a great effort. Let me say, Eric Ebron, you like what you're getting out of him again? Four catches, 65 yards, and a touchdown. We've been talking about these tight ends, Scott. Is Eric Ebron, listen, what's going to happen with Jack Doyle next year? Are they going to still try to do two tight ends? Or do you think Jack Doyle moves on? Like, how do you play this Colts tight end position? I know you were a big fan of Jack Doyle going into this season. Doyle rules. Eric Ebron has certainly come out of, I don't want to say nowhere, but he's a viable, you know, stud tight end. How do you think the Colts play this moving forward? I think it's too early to speculate on that. Okay. Uh, okay. Because, because, look, I think both of them will be there, but you don't know what they're going to do in the receiving game. Uh, right. you know, are they going to draft wide receivers? Are they going to trade for them? Are they going to sign them in free agency? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's way too early to project, but I think, I think you know, I don't think Ebron and Doyle will go anywhere. So I think it, you know, it'll be more of that timeshare that we mm-hmm. saw earlier in the year. But how will other external factors, you know, affect them as well? 
Yeah, absolutely. By the way, this is a matchup of two teams that are my two favorite picks to actually land a certain uh, Pittsburgh Steelers running back. I think he would add a ton of value to both of these guys. Just look at the running games here. Marlon Mack, 14 carries, 33 yards, and a touchdown. But on the other side, it is Deshaun Watson, who is the leading rusher for the Texans. Lamar Miller, 14 carries, 33 yards, one touchdown. You like the touchdown, but here's the thing. Uh, Lamar Miller has had a decent month in the last month, right? Kind of putting it collectively in, you know, Greg Sussman and Corey Parsons' eye, but then when you need him in the playoffs, he goes right back to only 33 yards. We're talking two and a half yards a carry. You're lucky he got into the end zone, Scotty. No, I don't think you're lucky he's gotten to the end zone. I mean, he earned that. You know, it was a nice, it was a nice touchdown run. You know, I understand where you're coming from, but I, I think it was a disappointing day, to your point. And, uh, you know, even the best guys, you know, have down games, but I think you're less surprised about it with Lamar Miller. I think right. we, were, we, were, we were more surprised about how he was playing the next month, but he could easily turn around and bounce back next week. I don't know if I'm going to overreact and say start saying Lamar Miller sucks again based <laughs> on one game. Fair enough. DeAndre Hopkins, if you started him in your playoffs, as I'm sure you did if he was on your roster, four for 36. You don't love that. He does, however, get into the end zone, so he makes his day look, you know, okay for you for fantasy purposes. Get you about 13, 14 points. Probably a little bit less than projected, but he's not the reason your team is not advancing, if that unfortunately is the case. Scotty, another huge AFC game that we got to talk about. The Kansas City Chiefs move to 11-2, and Scott. They get a 27-24 victory. And I know the box score is not necessarily going to show it when Patty Mahomes throws for 377 yards and another two touchdowns, you know, and they put up the 27 points. But if you saw this game, if you were watching this game, you know as well as I do that the Baltimore Ravens, you know, similar to how we're talking about Chicago, what they want to do, play defense, run the ball, Ezekiel Elliott in Dallas, how they want to smash you in the mouth and play, you know, the Baltimore Ravens are able to do that. They were, they were drives, Scott where they were literally something like nine running plays, no passing plays. If everybody on God's green earth knows that they're going to run the ball and they're able to do it anyway and they're able to play some defense, they did confuse Patty Mahomes with some pressure and some blitz looks. Um, I think the Ravens, and this was in Kansas City, I think, crazily enough, under Lamar Jackson... The Ravens are live against anybody. They are the counterbalance to this 2018 NFL. We got all these high-flying, gadgety, motiony teams. The only way to kind of beat them is one of two things. Thinking you are good enough to outscore them. Like if you're the Saints, you think you can outscore the Rams or the Chiefs, whatever. The other way is the model that teams like the Ravens, the Bears, and the Cowboys are doing, which is try to slow it down, punch them in the mouth, and run the ball. The Ravens are live against anybody, Scott. Well, the Cowboys are different. The Cowboys have more play playmakers on offense than the Ravens. They got Ezekiel Elliott, they have Amari right. Cooper. And Lamar Jackson is a playmaker. Right. Lamar Jackson's a, a playmaker with his legs. Mitch Trubisky's a more complete quarterback and their wide receivers Tariq are better. Cohen. Tariq Cohen's a playmaker in Chicago. Yeah, Tariq Cohen's a playmaker. Uh, you know, the, the Ravens, you know, talk about counterbalance. You know, they, they lost the game yesterday. They, you know, did. They, they did. They did. They couldn't stop Kansas City when it mattered the most. So uh, I think they're a less complete team than the Bears and the Cowboys. You know, there. I think the framework is there to be a counterbalance. Right. But I don't think you can be a counterbalance unless you have playmakers in the passing game. Right now, their top three playmakers are Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, and it looks like Kenneth Dixon now too. Yeah, I guess that's true, and, and I'll give you that, Scotty. I'm just saying it from the standpoint of. 
I don't care who you are. You could be the Chiefs. You could be the Patriots. You could be any team. You see the Ravens coming into your house for a playoff matchup, and you know that, you know, you got a long day ahead of you. You do. I mean, they're a very physical ball club. That's, 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 their, that's their tradition. You know, people talk about, like, the Raiders being this tough team. You know, I've said it for a long time. You know, the Raiders are a has-been franchise. They haven't been tough in about 30 years. The Ravens are consistently tough. You know, they're the yep. team that you fear. They're the team that has a reputation for smashing people in the mouth. You know, this yep. century, it's the Raiders. I mean, the Ravens. Last century, it was the Raiders. Sure, I hear that. <clears throat> Let me ask you this. Um, Tariq Hill goes eight catches, 139 yards, including like a 40-some-odd-yard catch. 48-yard, yeah. You know, on fourth and like 10 or whatever nine, it was. Fourth Patty, and nine, yeah. Patty Mahomes scrambling, doing exactly what they tell quarterbacks not to do. Listen, at the same time that was going on, Scott, I'm watching the Bills and the Jets game. Josh Allen throwing across his body. Sam Darnold throwing across his body. And it becoming interceptions the way it should be. Pat Mahomes is throwing across his body on fourth and nine, 40 yards downfield. And what do you know, Terry? Tariq Hill is there to bail him out for 48 yards. So Hill goes 8 for 139. Kelsey goes 7 for 77 and a touchdown. Spencer Ware, he performs for you. 75 yards on the ground, another 5 for 54 through the air. You'll take the 18 points or so out of Spencer Ware. Um, do you think this team continues to roll without guys like Kareem Hunt? Or did, are, do you have any kind of alarm bells here? There was a little point in time, Scott, where Spencer Ware looked like he was banged up with like a shoulder or a collarbone. Tyree Kill was limping around with a heel or an ankle. There was a moment in time in there I was like, uh, the Chiefs may be getting depleted. Are you concerned at all? Why should I be concerned? You know, Patrick Mahomes did what he did yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he really didn't uh, do much after halftime until late in the game. But, you know, game is four quarters, and he still sure passed for well over 300 yards, and he had two touchdowns. And, you know, that one play, he doesn't give up on a play, and he, he makes the right read. You know, he extends a play and makes the right read. Spencer Ware, you know, they don't have Kareem Hunt, but he put up pretty good numbers yesterday. Yep. Uh, Damian Williams did have two touchdowns, but he's more of a complimentary guy. Yeah. Uh, Tyreek Tyree Hill, Tyree Hill was able to play through it, so maybe they'll, they rest him more before Thursday. I don't think there's anything worried about from a NFL for fantasy perspective. They're not depleted. These guys are not out for the year or anything. No, they're not. And, you know, I mean, maybe it was just me going overboard here when I saw in, in the same, like, 10-minute segment, I saw Tyreek Hill pounding the turf in pain and frustration and Spencer, and they go to break because Spencer Ware's laid out on the turf. Yeah, but they well. both came back. They did. They absolutely did. I'm, what I'm saying, Scott, is I think, like, how much of this Chiefs team is a function of the scheme and how much of it is a function of the incredible players that are in the scheme, Scott? Well, I'll give you two words. You know, Alex Smith. Right. But do you so think they're the players? It's the players. You don't think they've evolved from last year to this year? You think they're running the same thing and it's just that Patty Mahomes is there and so it's better? I don't think they're running the same thing because Patrick yeah. Mahomes is a much more talented quarterback than right. Alex Smith. And Tyreek Hill, you know, he was who he was last year. You know, he's, he's not any different. Okay. Kareem Hunt's not there. Obviously, Spencer Ware's not as talented, yeah. but he's certainly been adequate enough. I'm just worried about, like, you know, one hit to Tariq Hill doesn't completely eviscerate what they're able to do on offense. You know, the same obviously Yeah, but you're, ma you're making, but you're that making up scenarios anything. that right, don't that exist, though. Well, it's that not that they didn't exist. We saw it. We saw it. They missed, you know, they did miss time. They missed drives. It wasn't a whole bunch Yeah, but you're of time, talking but about a big hit that eviscerates them for, like, the sure. rest of the way. That's different. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It didn't happen yesterday.
All right, fair enough. Let's cover one more game in the AFC. I mean, that could happen to anybody. You know, Tom yeah. Brady could get invigorated next week. Absolutely, and as you know, I have actually called that one of these high-flying quarterbacks will meet that fate at some point in the NFL playoffs. Unfortunately, Scotty, I've been talking about him all season long, Scott. You know what team I'm on. I'm on the team that now has the second-best record in the AFC. I've been talking about him since August, and here they stand at 10-3. and The Los Angeles Chargers get a 26 to 21 win Philip Rivers businessman like effort you know 65% completion rate as usual only needs 220 yards and a touchdown to get past Indianapolis what do you think about this Eckler Jackson thing listen everybody was so excited about Jackson going into the week I was like Scott isn't Austin Eckler still the guy there and then it's Eckler who goes 50 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown it's Eckler who has 28 yards on the ground people were so excited about the shiny new toy that was Justin Jackson and then he went and defecated the mattress for owners Scott yeah I said it on Friday I said yeah we said it what fantasy owners want and what they'll get can be two different things they want Justin Jackson to pop after what they saw but I said it didn't necessarily mean it was going to happen after Austin Eckler played 78% of the snaps the previous week and he practiced in full so it was very dangerous yesterday I was saying Yesterday and Friday on our show and yesterday on Fantasy Sports Today to start Justin Jackson because you didn't have any guaranteed workload. You know, I was I was starting uh, I was starting Josh Wilson Jr. over him. I was recommending right. him because I felt at least he had a chance for more workload. If you don't get opportunities, you can't produce fantasy numbers, and they were far from guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, you know, at the beginning of the season, you know, picking a guy like Joe Mixon or a guy like Tevin Coleman. Joe Mixon is like the starter on that team. Tevin Coleman is the B-side of a timeshare. And you had to think that that's what Jackson was. Like, I, we've, been ta- we've been touting Austin Eckler all season long as someone who almost had standalone value, even when Melvin Gordon was in, Scott. And then everybody wanted to just completely cast aside Austin Eckler. I didn't understand Fantasy it. players want to see one thing and what they want to see and what they do see yep. and what they get are two different things. I was talking with Jim Day about this last night on the Fantasy Football Rewind. He said, I was expecting him up to be big and for Justin Jackson to, like, you know, get a lot of carries. I said, well, if you tell me that, what does that mean? That means that Justin Jackson is the backup. Right. Because, you know, you could see the Cowboys blow out the Eagles and then Rod Smith is going to carry the ball for the fourth quarter. Do you want to start Rod Smith? I said, basically, you're telling me that he's the backup, and I don't want to start the backup. It's almost like you're banking on garbage time for your fantasy production in the inverse. I understand with a wide receiver on a team you think it's going to be down, but going to the backup, like park the bus, grind it out, I don't think is a smart strategy. I was telling the people Bengals hung all in there yesterday. Yeah, but I was telling all people all week that Eckler is going to be this running back. But now, Scotty, here's the thing. These Chargers and these Chiefs have a tight turnaround for Thursday night football. And you're right, Spencer Ware returned. And you're right, Tyreek Hill returned. But Austin Eckler got banged out with a stinger. You know, this is going to be a very big-time game. Scotty, don't look now, but if the Chargers win on Thursday night, they're the one seed in the AFC. That would be a big win for them. You know, I always say it, and I was saying it yesterday. You know, I keep hearing about the Chargers, but let's not forget they lost to the Broncos two weeks ago. They, yes, they but let's not the Steelers. forget they had a big comeback the Steelers. Oh, let me, the Steelers. Let, right, go ahead. Let go me ahead. finish. Let me go finish ahead. here. It's like I was about to say that. They did have a big win against the Steelers, but that's been the Chargers under Phillip Rivers. They'll have a spectacular win, and then they'll have a maddening loss. If they can beat Kansas City this Thursday, it says a lot. But still, 
you know, I, 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 I still submit that Philip Rivers is a great regular season quarterback. You know, I haven't seen him ever do it in the playoffs. This is true. This is true. You know, it didn't help that the one year they really had their best chance. I believe LaDainian Tomlinson was playing on a torn ACL um, the one year that they really had that chance um, to do it. I, I, you know, I'll take it, though, Scotty. I mean, so far this season, I think you're absolutely right, right? But one thing that has changed a little bit this season, the man has 29 touchdown passes and only six interceptions, which is far less. He's a than great regular he season has. quarterback until absolutely. he shows it otherwise. So we shall see. Real quick, though, on the Bengals' side, they are pretty much done at this point at 5-8. and eight. Am I correct, Scott, that the only player you care, you care about for fantasy purposes going down the stretch here is Joe Mixon, who does, by the way, after talking about how they're going to try so hard and still be in it, does get 111 yards on the ground, another 27 in the passing game, and a touchdown. You are completely fine if you take the, oh, what, 22 or so points you got out of Joe Mixon. Yeah, there were a lot of people saying they were worried about him yesterday because they felt like the defense could key in on him. But he ran hard and he still got his numbers. Yep, absolutely. All right, like I said, guys, on Mondays, don't forget, it's not only F- uh, Roto Experts in the morning. Check out FST. When we come on the other side of the break, Dane and Scott on Fantasy Sports Today. Keep it locked. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 fantasy sports radio network. 